When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On a day where the first of the Victorian teams are on the move, the Pies and the Cats are set for WA Hub Life. Hello and welcome. Great to have your company on what is going to be a very, very busy hour here on Time On. The teams will drop for Thursday night footy in about 15 minutes from now. We'll go through all of those. We're getting reports that the fixture for round six is not too far away. What does Friday night footy mean? Is it a privilege or should everyone get the opportunity? All that and a whole lot more to come. I'm not sure how we're going to fit this all into an hour. You're with Jack Heverin here on SEN. Six o'clock, it's wonderful to have your company. Wednesday, the 24th of June. My name's Jack Heverin. It's a great day to be alive. It's so, so, so busy right now. There is so much going on. We've got a lot to get through in this hour. Your calls is how we always start. one 736 736 to join me on the phone. You can also send me a text on 0433 98 11 16. About 40 minutes ago, we wondered what it was all going to look like. When would we start to see the fixture for round six? Well, that answer is becoming clearer. It looks as though by 6.45 tonight, so 40 minutes from now, it looks as though we'll start to get a clearer idea of what it all looks like for round six. Mitch Cleary from afl.com.au, one of the best in the business, is reporting that Geelong is expecting to play St Kilda Friday night in round six. That will then allow Geelong to get over to Perth by Saturday night to quarantine, which would then mean that the Friday night in round seven at Optus Stadium would be Geelong versus Collingwood. Now, that could potentially be in front of as much as 30,000 people. We spoke about this a lot on the show last night, and we, I think we're all in agreement, and that was certainly the theme coming from all of you last night. We're all in the agreement that we're... This is going to become a very real and very likely situation that footy's going to have to be on the move. We're going to have to pick this game up and take it into state. And Geelong and Collingwood are the first two teams to do so. Round six and round seven fixtures, we're just getting confirmation as we go to air tonight, will be released at about 6.45 tonight. Pies and Cats fans would love to hear from you. one 736 736 
in many ways. It's not like you would have been able to go to watch them at the MCG anyway. Does this change things? And a special shout out, if you're listening to us on per- in Perth this afternoon, on the app or however you're consuming us in Perth, would you go along to a neutral game like that? The reality is that you might get a few neutral games. Would you go along and check it out? Would you go and see Collingwood versus Geelong at Optus Stadium? They're going to be two of the better teams in it this year. I don't think that's going to be um, any great revelation. Would you go along and check that out? Aiden Kaur from the Giants will join us in about 20 minutes from now. On a Wednesday, we always talk about who it's a big weekend for. one 736 736 We talk about who it's a big weekend for. It's a massive weekend for the Giants. They do battle on Friday night. That game is monstrous for them. Absolutely monstrous. Speaking of the Giants, uh, Nathan from Craigieburn wants to have a chat about last week's game between the Giants and the Dogs. Nathan, good evening. Yeah, good evening. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm a Saints man, and I was watching the Giants and the uh, Bulldogs game when it was on live, and I didn't like the treatment the, the Bonds got um, from the Giants, and the umpire just let the game let the game go when there was free kicks that were like it could have been reversed or there was 50 metres that weren't paid. Like, the umpires have to stamp, stamp it out and protect the player sometimes. Yeah, it didn't work. Whatever the Giants did, and, and I'll ask Aiden Core about that, Nathan. Thanks for your call. Whatever they tried to do, it didn't work. Simple as that. Um, I think it was 15 or 16 touches off the top of my head for Marcus Bonds and Pally. But every, st- every disposal that he had mattered. And I actually think it will be the game that makes him as a captain. It's still very, very early in his captaincy journey. That game where he stood up in the face of pressure and led the way for his team. And they had a fantastic victory. They, they were superb. Far too good last week for the Giants. And they were ready for them. No doubt about it. 16 touches it was. I reckon that might be the making of Marcus Bonsimpelli. I don't know that anyone would have questioned whether Marcus Bonsimpelli would be a good leader. I, I, unanimously, I think we all accept that he, he will be. But to get an opportunity like that within the first five games of being captain of your footy club and to make a statement with the way that you played, that speaks volumes about Marcus as a player. It speaks volumes about Marcus's ability to look a hostile situation in the eye and still be able to find your way through it. Thought he was absolutely superb. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dean's in WA. Sorrento in WA, in, to be precise. Hello, Dean. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm oh, look. I'd be more than happy to go along to a game over here uh, with two neutral sides because I won't be biased. It'll be fantastic <laughs> to sit down and watch a game of footy. What are you hearing from um, from the West, Dean? What's the as news start to filter through that you've got some teams headed your way? Uh, nothing as yet. We're still uh, waiting to hear what our Premier will do. But um, it's nice to know we will get some games of footy here. And the, the big news is, obviously, that we'll be able to get some crowds there, which will make it all worthwhile. Yeah. But just to not have to watch the Dockers or Eagles will be great. Oh, well, go along, Dean, and enjoy it. You'll have a blast, no doubt about it. And if it's Collingwood and Geelong as one of the first neutral games, it's a very, very good way to get things going. Brings up an interesting point that I want to talk about with Friday night in just a moment as well. Bo from Caratha in WA is texting oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. He says, "I'm a Hawks fan living in Caratha, but I would fly down just to watch any decent games of footy, regardless of the teams." And for WA fans like so many, we've just missed having the footy. 
And this one as well. I live in Perth and I can guarantee that there'll be 30,000 fans at Collingwood versus Geelong if the weather's okay. Wouldn't that be huge? The naysayers all along have said that this is a bad idea, um, even though they think it's going to happen, that no one will go to neutral games. Even if they get 5,000 at Optus Stadium, that's still 5,000 more than what they would have been allowed at the MCG or Geelong or Marvel Stadium. I reckon 5K is better than nothing. Uh, Shannon from Perth says 100% I would go. And I'm a Hawks fan. And this one as well, for a first-time texter to SEN. So welcome. Cats versus Pies in Perth. Bring it on in Perth. You beauty. Go Cats. So there is obviously going to be that element to it as well, where if you're a fan of, uh, if you're a fan of Collingwood or you're a fan of Geelong or maybe one of the other teams that, that head to a hub, you're going to be able to watch your team in a situation that you wouldn't ordinarily get. Peter's in Maribyrnong, one 736 736 to join me here on Time On. Hello, Peter. Good evening, Jack. Um, Eddie Maguire the other day, that comment about dimpling the football because we can't market, it borderline embarrassing. Um, like you've only got to cast your mind back to the 80s when blokes fucked footballs out of the sky like a seagull, like Vanderhaar and that, etc. Now, the simple solution is don't play so many games in winter at night. It's not, it's not rocket science, Jack. Well, it was never around in the in the 70s and 80s, was it? And obviously I wasn't around either. I sort of only joined the world in the mid-80s. Um, there's logic with the Jew, and I actually noticed it a little bit um, midway through the Sunday game between the Gold Coast and, and Adelaide. I did that game, and, and we're not allowed to travel at this point, so I'm unashamedly say that we were back here in Melbourne because we can't travel. But I noticed that in the second half of that game, it started to get a little bit dewy. Damien Hardwick, albeit a small thing, some people will say that it's a it's a small aspect. Damien Hardwick will say that there's been some dew, but we have been playing footy at night, Peter, for a really, really long time. Um, I don't think that that's the, the sole reason that perhaps the skills aren't what they used to be. It could be a 1% factor. Uh, and Eddie's theory about the Sharons being kicked in could also be a 1% factor. Um, They are also back from a decent break after having played one game. So all the discussion about the quality of the game and the skills, I'm happy to put that aside for the next three or four weeks and I'm happy to give them the chance to to get back into playing footy. Off the text, 0433 98 11 16. Jimmy says, I live in Perth but originally from Victoria and follow the Saints. I would go and see a neutral game, but not many WA people would. My experience says that the majority of WA people are not football fans. They are just West Coast or Fremantle fans, so they would not attend this one as well. We used to get 5,000-plus to neutral games on the Gold Coast before the Suns came into the competition. People just want to watch the game. I don't know what the ticketing will look like. I don't know whether the AFL will charge full freight for these games. It's it's a bridge too far at this stage. They haven't made any sort of announcements. You, you wonder whether they may look at something like that there too. Maybe it's not a maybe it's not a full freight situation for the tickets. Maybe it's five or, or ten bucks off and it might make it even more appealing for the neutral fan to, to go and watch the game. Johnny from North Perth, who's a Dockers member, says I'd happily watch a live AFL match at Optus as a neutral between Collingwood and Geelong as there are plenty of superstars from both teams on show. 
And this one too. Johnny, thanks for your text. And this one too. Of course you'd go. It's footy and we're starved. They should get to the they should get the grand final. Well, my position on that hasn't changed from last night. I hear all the talk about grand finals and it makes a lot of sense, but for now, let's just worry about getting the next six weeks of games up. Let's not worry about the grand final yet. Let's just worry about making sure that we get the fixture for round six and, and round seven, which we're expecting to drop in the next 30 minutes from now. Mitch Cleary, as I mentioned off the top tonight, has reported that that will drop very, very soon. It's, it's kind of like the conversation I'm hearing today about whether the MCG should lose Boxing Day and whether Perth should get the Boxing Day test. That is so far away right now that it's we're just wasting the oxygen talking about it, aren't we? Let's see what it looks like in September before we start to worry about what the Boxing Day test looks like. That's just too far away for now. Is WA a great option and an option that we can plug in and have it as part of the summer of cricket if, if it is the MCG that can't have fans? Absolutely. And if that's the case, pull the trigger if and when that time comes. But for now, gee, let's just worry about the next six weeks of scheduling the AFL and then we'll start to look at what the next six weeks looks like. Let's try and get our 17-game season away. And then the closer it gets to the grand final, then we start to worry about it. For now, there's just so much that can change. You think about what it looked like at 4 o'clock yesterday when we thought we had our first positive test for COVID-19 versus what some of the possibilities are now. A lot can change. That's a long, long, long way away. I'll talk a little bit more about Friday Night Footy. Still taking your calls on who it's a big weekend for, your text as well. And on the other side of this, we'll get the teams for the Swans and the Bulldogs. And Aidan Corr from the Giants will join me here on Time On. But there are um, obviously a lot of details that, um, that needs to be unearthed and shared and spoken about with an open mind and an open heart so that we can address this uh, situation. Um, we can address um, Haritia's um, experience, um, not to uh, sweep it under the carpet and not to uh, you know, necessarily just to resolve it, but to learn from it um, and hopefully to be better uh, from it. And that's, that's why the club has undertaken its process. Collingwood coach Nathan Buckley talking today. Collingwood to hold an investigation into claims made by Heretier Lumumba of racism during his time at the club. And it's been interesting to watch the follow-up from it. I believe Heretier is going to do ABC Breakfast Radio tomorrow. Lawrence just is nodding his head. So I'm sure there'll be some more to come out of that as well. And a couple of his teammates have spoken on the record about that. Tom's in Berwick has been waiting patiently to have a chat about this one. Tom, thanks for holding on. Yeah, man, no worries. Thanks for taking my call. Um, look, uh, the point I want to make here is that there's been two or three players come out now confirming what Heredia has already said, right? And then the Collingwood Football Club has put together, in my view, a very Collingwood bias committee to look through this. Like, if, if, if they were serious about getting to the bottom of this, I feel like there'd be a lot more independent parties involved. And basically, the point I'm trying to make here is, as a football community in society... We should be very sceptical of the fact that Collingwood's investigating themselves. I, me personally, I feel if it was an independent third party, then it would be open and honest. 
But I just sort of feel like when it's a Collingwood investigated thing like this, that they hold all the cards and release what they want to release and there's no real, I guess, open book sort of thing. Well, let, let, let it all play out, Tom, first. Um, trust the process in many ways. And, and this would be no experience. Previously, I think just about every one of them wasn't at the club when Heretier was. So there's a level of independence there that you would hope for as well. Collingwood seem very, very clear in wanting to come out of this better, with a better level of understanding, as you heard Nathan Buckley say there, and they want to – you can't change the past, but you can certainly model your behaviours for the future. And I think that they certainly seem as though it's what they want to get out of this. So trust the process, Tom, uh, and this will be a good opportunity for Collingwood and hopefully for Heretier at some point to get together and to move on together as well. Not sweeping under the carpet, certainly not suggesting that, but move forward together on this. Dave's in Perth. We've been talking about games in Perth and whether if you're in WA, you'd go along and check it out. Hello, Dave. Hey, Jack. How are you going? Good. Mate, uh, I can't wait. Um, I'm a, a long-term Eagles member, but I'm also a footy lover. And, uh, you know, I'm jealous of the guys in Melbourne who can go to three or four games in a weekend. Um I can't wait, but I've just got one proviso. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be sensible with with the pricing for the for the neutral games. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, Optus Stadium is expensive. Um, you know, sixty seventy bucks for a decent seat. Um, you're not necessarily going to get people doing that for a couple of weeks. That's the problem. But other than that, I can't wait. I wonder, Dave. Thanks for your call. I sort of touched on this briefly before, and I was thinking on the run when I said it that. You wonder whether they do shave 10 or 15 bucks off the overall price of the ticket just to get people back to the footy. Um, footy's bleeding money. Businesses all around the world are bleeding money. So footy's not on their own there. And they've secured a line of credit to be able to get them through. And, and most clubs are needing that line of credit to help them at the moment. You just wonder whether if the ticket, as you say, Dave, was 60 bucks, whether it was 35 or 40 whether it would change people's view and whether they would go along if that's not a bridge too far. The other consideration that might come into play here is double headers. We saw a double header at Metricon Stadium on Sunday. That was the reason that there was a two and a bit hour gap between the giant, uh, this game between the Suns and the Crows and then uh, Port Adelaide and Frio was so that the, the venue could be cleaned and, and they could do everything that they needed to do with the protocols. You wonder whether there might be the opportunity for that and whether there is a double-header ticket available. And as a footy fan, you can have a a real day at the footy and and love it in the West. There's opportunities there for sure. And I'm sure that I'm certain the AFL won't be trying to gouge the fans. They'll want to charge and they'll need to make some money as well. But uh, I reckon they'll try and do everything they can to make it happen. Andy in Perth off the text says, I'm a D's fan in WA. And that Saints fan is way off the mark. The Pies, Blues, Bombers, Tigers and North have huge followings in WA and neutral games will pull crowds who are like everyone else. We're just hanging to go out and watch the footy live. Andy, thank you. Rob says they will fit, they will fill it with actual Pies and Cats fans as there are that many that live here. And Grant says, I'm a Pies member living on the Gold Coast. I'll be flying into Perth if we can on that Friday night for sure. Sensational. Isn't this great? The response from WA has been absolutely superb on the phone and 
on the speckle as well. Just before Aiden Kaur joins me in a moment, teams in for tomorrow night's game. You'll hear that game from 7 o'clock. I'll be with Terry Wallace on the match committee from 6, and then we hand it over to the boys from 7 o'clock. In for Sydney, Ben Ronk, Justin McInerney, and Sam Naismith. Out goes Colin O'Reard and Sam Grankle for the next four to six weeks. Lin Jong is out. Matthew Suckling is out. And for the dogs, three young dogs coming in. Pat Lipinski back into the team. Riley West, who I thought made some really, really good steps forward last year for the Western Bulldogs. He's in. And Lewis Butler will make his debut for the dogs tomorrow night as well. So we wish Lewis all the best. And you can join us across the night, of course, 0433 98 11 16 on the phone. Or you can give me a call on 1300 736 736. The round starts tomorrow night. Big game between the Western Bulldogs and Sydney. But it doesn't get much bigger than Friday night. This is one of the games of the round when the Giants take on Collingwood at Giants Stadium in Friday night footy. Aiden Kaur, who's a very reliable and very dependable part of the Giants back six, joins us tonight here on Time On. Aiden, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. How are the preparations coming along? I'd imagine things are a little bit more normal at training in that you can start to get back to, in many ways, what a normal week would look like with when you can hold your main sessions. Yeah, it is. Um, things were looking quite normal there, obviously, until midweek we were hit with the new rules about um, no contact at main sessions, which was a bit funky uh, training. <laughs> but other than that, I don't I actually don't mind it, the little goose of eight. Um, yeah, just training away with a few of the other boys for most of the sessions. And then we've been looked after the earlier massages and stuff, so I'm pretty happy about that. I'll bet you are. How have you, how have you gone about it as a club with dividing your eight? Have you gone in lines or have you tried to spread it out? How have the Giants approached the, the groups of eight? Yeah, it's an interesting one, that one. Um, we've split it out. So we've split, like, uh, myself, Sam Taylor, and Phil Davis, the three main key defenders, all in different groups. So we've split out the forwards, most of our mids. So, yeah, pretty spread out groups. Um, I think they thought about going the lines, but thank God, just in case something happens, you lose yeah. the whole back line, you're in a bit of trouble. Yeah, it can be risky. Oh, we we saw, nearly saw that a couple of days ago with Essendon. The information flow, um, there's a lot to happen and there's a lot that can change from day to day. As we sit here tonight, it looks very different to what it did two days ago. How are you going with that? Yeah, it's pretty full on. I'm getting so many emails. <laughs> um, they actually are. They're sending us the main email and then one of the guys at the club's sort of collating all the information. Well, you could almost say dumbing it down. Um, put the main points in, what the key changes are. So we get a fair few changes each week and you just got to roll with it. We know what we signed up with. Um, we know what we signed up for, so we're just dealing with it as it comes. But a lot of emails coming through. Would it phase you if you had to go to a hub, if they pick the Giants up and move them to Queensland or WA perhaps? Oh, it's not ideal. Um, but if it's part of the game. Everyone else has done it. Like West Coast have done it. You can't ex- And the other teams, you can't expect us to put up a hand and say, no, we're not doing it. So but I'm more than happy to go. If it means keep playing, mm-hmm. you know, like I said before, we know what we signed up for, so... Yeah, I'm happy. If we have to, we got to go. Take us back to last week, if you can. What, what's the debrief been after the result against the Doggies? It, it, I mean, it was physical. A few of you, they're a bit lighter in the pocket, and you're one of them after last weekend's game. But what did you make of the result, and what's Leon said to the boys? Yeah, look, it, we always knew they were going to come out firing. Um, they beat us to the ball. They you know, played better footy, we were chasing. Um, I feel like I'd never run so much in a game in my life, but my numbers weren't that impressive. Um, <laughs> and yeah, obviously I'm firing a back slider, which sucks. Um, but yeah, they they were intense. They attacked us. They came after us. And 
and they played the game in a better style than we did. Um, obviously, finishing up with a four-goal win, pretty handy. Do you get the sense that they were ready for you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they came out firing. Um, we knew we, we knew where we would, and it's turned into a bit of a rivalry. And like, I was talking to the boys the other day and how it started. And I remember years ago, even before the finals and stuff, there's always a bit of niggle between us two. And I don't know what it is, but it's been good. And I knew they were going to come out, and yeah, they were just moving better than we were. So, is this your first outside of the Swans? Is this your first real rivalry? Do you reckon as a club? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely something there too, which is which is great. It's good for the fans and gets you up for the game and a little added extra. But um, we've got to focus on playing better footy first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's true. And, and how do you go about that? What does that all look like for this week against Collingwood? How's the the preparations been and and how's the group starting to come together? You've got a few boys that you need to get back in. Yeah, definitely a few ends will be handy. Um, Toby's a big one. Um, obviously, Tim Taranto's not too far off too, which will be very handy. Um, yeah, a lot of ball movement stuff. He's got to get the ball rolling. We're sort of playing. Once went back into a little bit of a boring brand on the weekend. Um, it was great for me because it was down the back line. I was, you know, racking it up, chipping it around, but we weren't going anywhere. Um, yeah, we've got to really, like, just pick up the speed. I think Zachy Williams could be exciting this week. Um, obviously, Collingwood are flying at the moment. Yeah. It's probably the informed team at the moment, actually. What does, it so look like, what does it look like for you when you're starting to, I'd imagine by now it's Wednesday, you're starting to have a think about who you might line up on on the weekend. They'll throw some different looks at you, Collingwood. They, at times they can go really, really small. Yeah, they're lightning quick as well. Got our hands full. Um, obviously with Stevenson, like Dugowie, Elliot, all coming out of the goal square. You got Hoskin Elliot running everywhere on the ground. He used to play with us, so I know he can run. Yep. Um, and then they got my check, who's, a, who's an animal up forward as well, leading patterns and stuff. So you've got to um, be quite flexible. Um, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of pressure. I think a lot of pressure up the field. Because if they're waltzing out of the stoppage, we're in a lot of trouble. Aiden Core joining us tonight here on Time On. They've got the most dominant ruckman in the competition right now, and Brody Grundy. And, and Sam Jacobs has been a, a really good inclusion for you guys this year. Does it put more emphasis on your midfielders to, to make sure that you can try and quell the influence of Grundy? Yeah, definitely. It definitely does. He obviously, at times, can do what he wants in there. Um, I mean, he's proven that time and time again. And I think a little bit falls on us as well. Uh, not just in the field, like long down the line, those sort of contests. Like we've got to get in there and help the boys out. Because um, he can be dominant and he can really turn the game on his head and they're going to win. Uh, Adam Tomlinson, now a former teammate of yours and, and a good mate of yours. I read an article of his in Sunday's Herald Sun here in Melbourne. And it was sort of, you know, getting to know Adam Tomlinson and more about him and all that sort of stuff. He threw you and a few of your teammates under the bus. Did you all used to get Here together and watch The Bachelor? Oh, that's a bit rough. <laughs> it was in the article, I, Aiden. I, I can yeah, only go I off what I read. Yeah, I just, look, yeah, I don't mind The Bachelor. I'm actually a big fan of the TV show Wentworth. We usually get a little crew together to watch that, the women's prison show. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. ask any questions about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's a cracker. I recommend that one. But, um, yeah, we had a little sweep and all that sort of thing. Keep it interesting throughout the week. Yeah. He's a loss, isn't he? I mean, just as much for what he gives you on the field, but another foundation player. And, and just, I'd imagine at first, you two being really good mates, it would have been a bit strange not having him around. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we often get mentioned. He often gets mentioned how um, we miss him, but... Hey, he's a big, friendly sweetheart, he is. Um, yeah, he's always there. If you're struggling or even if you're flying, he's there for you. He's a, he's a great mate. I hope 
wish them all the best down at Melbourne, but I'd love for them to stay. Now, you'll get your chance to play them in a few weeks. So before we let you go, the captaincy change in the off-season, how's that been? I mean, you've only known one way. From the very get-go, the Giants, it's always been under the leadership of Callum Ward and Phil Davis. Stephen Cornelio comes in. How's the changeover been? Yeah, it's been, well, you'd almost say seamless at the start. Um, like Phil and, and Wardy accepted it so well. And like, to be honest, like, a lot better than I thought I would have dealt with it. Like, you know, I'm sort of, they were going so well and they're doing a lot of things right. But I guess it was time for Cozy to step up. Um, he sees things a little bit differently, does things a little bit differently. Um, but I really like it. And I don't mind just the sole captain either. I was a big advocate for the, the double, but I think the way Cogs looks at it and I know, it just fills you with a lot of into games, um, kind of backs you in and, you know, you, you go in with a lot more confidence than I did in the past. That's a big one Friday night. You'll hear the game on SCN and you'll see and hear Aiden Core running around for the Giants. Good luck. It's a huge game. We wish you all the best. Cheers, uh, Thanks for having me. Aiden Core joining us on time on 0433981116. Send us your texts all f- throughout the show. 0433981116. You can give me a call on 1300 736 736. We're expecting the fixtures for round six and round seven to drop before the end of the hour. As soon as we have those, we'll bring them to you. I want to ask you about Friday night footy next. Tony Cochran had some interesting things to say with Jared Waitley today. That chat's up on the podcast. The opposite Friday night lights. I'll take your calls after this. Time on with Jack Everett. <laughs> Other people make that decision, Jared. Uh, we 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 all we're concentrating on is one week at a time, and and who who we've got next week, and how we're going to go about approaching that. And, and the likes, you know. We'll, the Gold Coast Suns, uh, you know, everybody forgets, we went through a hell of a baptism only two years ago. We, the first 11 rounds of our, our first year with Stuart Jew, uh, we travelled 51,500 kilometres and played uh, away for 11 weeks. So um, we've got a very much an attitude. Our game's on. We'll be there. We'll turn up. No complaints, no whinging, and we'll have a crack. Tony Cochran of the Gold Coast Suns talking to Jared Waitley this morning. That chat's available now in full. All the articles as well, sen.com.au. As we await for the fixtures to land for round six and round seven, they're expected to be there very, very shortly. As soon as they land, we'll have them for you here on Time On. But in the meantime, one 736 736 Got me thinking about Friday Night Footy when I heard that chat today driving, driving in. Is Friday night footy an earned privilege? Do you need to play a certain way? Do you need to have an attractive brand of footy, have fans that will go to games, even though this year, obviously, for the moment, we can't? Do you need to earn your way into Friday night footy? Or should it be shared around? Should everyone have the opportunity to play the national game and what you would say is that the biggest television audience of the weekend? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Something you need to earn or something that everyone should get the opportunity to do once in a season. Got me thinking about the Gold Coast Suns, by the way. Gee, haven't we? Hasn't everyone just gone chips in on the Gold Coast Suns all of a sudden? Isn't this the same team that lost by 76 points in round one? They played really well when they beat the West Coast Eagles. They were superb. And, and I did their game last weekend against Adelaide and they were great. They take the game on. They were also able to take the game on because they were under zero pressure. That was one of the most deplorable performances you'll see from a footy team. 
Um, I look forward to seeing how they go this week against the Dockers. I reckon that'll be a really good matchup of two young teams with some experienced quality players in there as well. So that'll be a good game. But I'm definitely interested to see how they go the following week in Geelong in round five. Maybe their next big opportunity is a Q clash, which hasn't been um, something that you know has been wheeled out as yet. Maybe they could do that in one of the next blocks of fixtures and play that on a Saturday night, and that could be the free-to-air game. But, um, gee, it's been fascinating to watch the, the, the love and how, how chips in we've gone on the Gold Coast Suns. But the progress is great. I think we're all sick of seeing them being belted week in, week out. Jack's in Adelaide. Wants to have a chat about Friday night footy. Hello, Jack. G'day, Jack. Great name, mate. Love your work. <laughs> um, just quickly just quickly with the Suns, it's amazing how an eight-week uh, footy break can turn some inexperienced young guys into into a quality team, hey? Yeah. Um, with uh, Friday night football, I think the way they do it in the States, I reckon the AFL's got to commit to Thursday night football as well. In the States at the NFL, every team gets a home fixture on a Thursday night as part of their Thursday night football. Friday night, I think, still has to be earned by the top six or top eight teams from the previous year. I think if you finish in the top eight, you should get two Friday night games uh, the next season and then perhaps share the remaining, what, sixth round. Um, But I think it would be a really good idea to have every team have a home Thursday night football game. Um, when the season gets back to normal next year. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, Thursday's a massive opportunity, Jack. And, and I've been a huge advocate from Thursday night footy from the get-go and, and think that it's it's the it's the next big thing, I reckon. It's going to be huge. So maybe that's where we start to share it around a little bit. Maybe Thursday night is where everyone can get a look at it at some stage as opposed to Friday. It's a good suggestion, Jack. Appreciate it. Joe's in Hawthorne. Hello, Joe. Yeah, um... Just in regard to that, the AFL is a competition. No nights belong to any club. So it should be shared amongst all 18 teams. Uh, if it's a Friday night, it doesn't belong to the top six or top eight. It belongs to all 18 teams. And that's the same on a Thursday night, a Saturday night, or a Sunday night, or a Monday night. It is an AFL competition. It does not belong to clubs. Joe's a fan of sharing it around. He wants to see everyone get their opportunity on Friday nights. Joe, thank you for your call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me. Should we be sharing around Friday night footy? Should everyone get a crack at it? Or should it be purely put to those who play the attractive brands, who play the exciting brands, who play the sort of footy that would make you want to sit down with a little glass of red or a beer or with a couple of mates or family over and watch the game. Keep your texts and your calls coming through on that one as well. A couple of Crows fans are a little unhappy on the text as well. Uh, my use of the word deplorable talking about their performance last weekend. If you can defend it, good luck. If you can defend what happened on the weekend in that game against the Suns, oh, you're better than I am. That was indefensible, that performance. Absolutely indefensible. We're going to come back and hopefully by then we should have a very, very good idea of what the fixture looks like for the next couple of weeks. Stay with us. It's time on here on SEN. Welcome back to Time On here on SEN. Good to have your company. And the news has just dropped moments ago. We know now what the fixture looks like for round six. We thought that we would see round six and round seven in one. Looks as though round seven's coming in the next couple of days. 
basically means that there's a lot more to play out and there's uh, some more elements of this that we need to work our way through and that the AFL, to be honest, can to go ahead with some of the layers to the fixture that they were hoping to. So just as it starts to take shape now, um, there are some big results to come from it. I'm just getting it up in front of me uh, right now, but there are some big results to come from it. A couple of marquee games all of a sudden that that are going to be posed. So the round six fixture, huge Friday night game in amongst it as well. Collingwood and Brisbane, I'd say that that's probably the headline act of round six. That game will be played at the MCG. Uh, The round's going to kick off on Thursday night of round six with St Kilda and Geelong at Marvel Stadium. Even that's going to be a really, really good game. Saints at Marvel, that's definitely their venue. And and Geelong have shown their worth in 2020 already. So that'll be a really, really good game. I'm looking forward to, to that one. Saturday afternoon, Fremantle and Melbourne to be played at Metricon Stadium. So we learned that the Dockers and the Eagles will have to stay in the hub for one more game. That will be their last game in the hub. That's the one o'clock game. 3.30 at the Gabba. So two Queensland games in a row. 3.30 at the Gabba. It's going to be the West Coast Eagles versus Adelaide. Then that winds into Saturday night footy. One game in Melbourne. Uh, In fact, two games in Melbourne, I should say. Now, this is rare. Now, we can obviously do this because there are no fans, but... We're going to see Essendon and the Western Bulldogs play at Marvel Stadium. And across the road, it'll be Hawthorne and the Gold Coast at the MCG. These are the times that we live in. You would never see something like this before going head-to-head. You would have two in Melbourne in the one day, but never head-to-head. And on Sunday, Port Adelaide versus the Giants at Metricon Stadium. What a fantastic Sunday afternoon this is going to be. A good one as well at the MCG. Two pretty evenly matched teams, you'd think. And North Melbourne and Richmond will finish off the round at Marvel Stadium at 6.10 on Sunday night. The fixture now all starting to take shape for round six. Just moments ago, Travis Old, whose responsibility it is with the AFL to look after fixturing and it's a very, very challenging position that he's in in 2020. He spoke to Channel 7. Round six, we're largely setting ourselves up for the last week of the Western Australian teams up in, uh, on the Gold Coast. Um, uh, they've done a big job for the, for the competition by staying there, but it's time for them now to head back home. And so to prepare for them to go home, um, we also need two Victorian teams. In this case, it'll be Collingwood and Geelong. Um, we'll head, uh, head to the Western Australia in round seven. And so the big part of round six is setting ourselves up for that. Yeah, so we'll kick off uh, round six with St Kilda, um, Geelong here at Marvel, and then on the, on the Thursday night, and then the Friday night, uh, Collingwood and Brisbane. That gives those two teams the opportunity then to get on a plane and head to Western Australia. They'll be in Western Australia for three weeks. They'll play each other in that middle week. Uh, we're just finalising the, the quarantine protocols with the Western Australian government. Then one team will play uh, Fremantle, the other will play um, the Eagles, and then they'll switch over. And so we've spoken to both of those clubs. They're looking forward to the challenge. Makes a lot of sense. Travis Old talking a few moments ago on Channel 7. So uh, Collingwood and Geelong, you can put that one in the book as well. And we, we sort of spoke about this earlier in the show that looks as if they'll play the Friday night of round seven because they'll need to play each other. By then, they'll have served the uh, the amount of time that they need to serve. And one will play Fremantle, one will play the West Coast Eagles, and then they'll flip the whole thing on its head. So interesting times there. The full write-up will be up very shortly at sen.com.au. 
Just go back to Friday night, to Thursday night footy, I should say, because the teams are in for Sydney versus the Western Bulldogs. For the Swans, Justin McInerney, Sam Naismith and Ben Ronk are coming in for Sydney. Sam Gray omitted. Tom McCartan is out injured and Colin O'Reardon has been omitted. For the Bulldogs, Pat Lipinski comes back. Riley West comes into the team as well. And Lewis Butler makes his debut for the Doggies. So good luck to Lewis. Pick number 53 in last year's draft. Was a standout performer with the Sandringham Dragons. And I reckon he might have also captained uh, Brighton Grammar as well. So good luck, Lewis. Out goes Josh Dunkley with an ankle injury for the next four to six weeks. Lin Jong is out injured. And Matthew Suckling has been omitted. That's a name that you don't normally hear as being omitted. But Matt Suckling, not in the team to play Sydney tomorrow night. That game from 7 o'clock here on SEN. Plough and I will be in with the match committee first, and then we hand it over to the boys for the call of the game. Before we finish up, talk about some of the stuff that we've missed. I thought this was fantastic. I find Chris Fagan so listenable. Anytime he's on this station or, or any other, to be truthful, I listen to every word he has to say. I just think he looks at the game so well. He spoke to Gary and Tim this morning on Brecky, and it's what he had to say about the game and the way that it's being played in 2020. There's more emphasis, I think, on trying to get a good start. Well, certainly being in the game at quarter time or half time is, is helpful. So I think probably teams have increased their focus on that. Um, I think the other thing, too, I'm noticing is that the, the sort of the A grade star players are probably spending more time on the field. Um, you know, with the shorter game, I think they're, they're getting getting more minutes because they usually play more minutes anyway. Um, so I think that's a that's a factor. Um, outside of that, I'm I'm not sure. Um, all, all I do know is it's uh, it's been pretty topsy turvy two weeks. I mean, a lot of the teams that um, won in the first week back from the break didn't win in the second week. So. Um, um, I think everyone's trying to find their feet, to be honest, and probably everyone was at probably at different levels of readiness to play because it's been pretty hard to control that over the last three months. And um, some clubs have probably been able to do that a little bit better or been a little bit more fortunate over that period to to uh, have everyone ready to go. It's a very, very good chat that the boys had with Chris Fagan this morning. It's up on the podcast now on sen.com.au. Some other news that you may have missed from across the day. North Melbourne are hopeful that Ben Cunnington is going to be right to go for Sunday's game against Hawthorne. He's going to need to pass a fitness test tomorrow to make his return from a back injury. Gee, wasn't his absence noticeable for the Kangaroos? It meant that from there, Sydney could really lock down with George Hewitt on Sean Higgins. And uh, George Hewitt's becoming a really, really good stopping midfielder. And the Kangaroos sorely miss Ben Cunnington. They would love to get him back in to cricket. Seven more Pakistan players who were due to tour England in August have tested positive for the coronavirus. The country's cricket board has said today that it takes the total of players to 10 since the results were first announced. So you would suspect that any chance of Pakistan jumping on a plane and heading to England to play in that scheduled tour match won't be happening. And you just shake your head at this. Novak Djokovic has tested positive, as has his wife, for COVID-19 and it sent the tennis world into chaos shortly after the US Open was announced and it looked as if tennis given its distance might be one of the, the first sports to really find its way through this is a significant step back 
all the information on the fixture, including the strange 12.35 start time between Fremantle and Melbourne on the Saturday. You'd expect that that's to get the Dockers out on the Saturday night. But all the fixture news will be up very shortly at sen.com.au. Have a great night and stay safe. I'll see you tomorrow night from 6 for the Match Committee on SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.